When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. 31,000 teachers are on strike right now in Los Angeles. It's the biggest strike in a long time in the second biggest school district in the country with more than half a million students. For comment and analysis, we turn to Pedro Noguera. He's a professor of education at UCLA and a contributor to The Nation. He's appeared on CNN, MSNBC, and NPR. And his most recent book is Excellence Through Equity. We reached him today at UCLA. Pedro Noguera, welcome. Thanks, John. Great to be here. Well, the first day of the strike, Monday, 50,000 strikers and supporters marched on City Hall in the rain. It was an amazing event. The strike is not just about salaries and benefits. What is it about? Well, it's about conditions in schools. Uh, L.A. has some of the highest uh, uh, class sizes in the nation, students per pupil. Uh, We have class sizes in high schools close to 40 students, uh, which really is not uh, an adequate learning environment. And uh, the teachers are also calling for other supports for kids, counselors, nurses in schools. We serve a very high-need population um, with kids who come with lots of other needs, and uh, schools are overwhelmed. So in many ways, they're they're, they're as focused on the work conditions in our schools as they are about salary and benefits. Well, we've seen some amazing teachers' strikes in the last months in Oklahoma, in Arizona, in West Virginia, very inspiring and remarkable. But isn't this one different? It is very different. The politics are different because it's California, uh, which is, as we know, a blue state, and Los Angeles, which is also a very blue city. So we have, um, you know, a governor just elected with support from the state teachers union, uh, the state superintendent also decisively elected with support from the teachers unions, and then uh, Mayor Eric Garcetti. And so it would seem to be a climate where teachers could pretty much get what they want. However, California has been um, underfunding education for many, many years, and that's part of the problem. That's one of the reasons why we are we rank 41st in the nation in uh, in education. And so this is, to some degree, this is about that the disinvestment in public education that's occurred over several years in in California and allowed not just Los Angeles but many school districts across the state to be in such uh, difficult shape. In addition, uh, Calif- uh, Los Angeles has been the epicenter for um, charter school prolif- proliferation. We have more charter schools in Los Angeles than any other city, and we now have a pro-charter uh, school board. Uh, the most expensive school board race in the country was waged here in Los Angeles a year ago. And so that, with the appointment of a pro-charter superintendent, Austin Butner, an investment banker, I think has added to the sense of anger and, re- uh, and frustration on the part of teachers. They also want to send a message to the governor, who they helped to elect, that they've got to do something to support public education. Let's talk about the money here for a minute, because the superintendent's position, Austin Butner, says 
they can't afford to hire more teachers, more counselors, more nurses, because they don't have the money. But, but California has the world's fifth largest economy. It's home to Google, Apple, and Twitter. L.A. in particular has Snapchat and Netflix and Google expanding all over the place. And, of course, there's the film industry. How could they not have enough money for public schools? Well, that's the big problem. And, and you know, it, the district is, um, in fact, running a huge deficit each year. So their, their, their concerns about their financial well-being are not made up. That's been verified by the county, which is threatened to impose a fiscal monitor, and by the state of California. But as you pointed out, the state has been underfunding schools in Los Angeles and, and throughout the, uh, the entire state uh, for many years. And, and that's, I think, a reflection of the ways in which um, school funding policies have evolved since Proposition 13. Uh, Proposition 13 uh, changed the, um, the way property taxes were collected. Property taxes, local property taxes, fund public education. So what we've seen in the years since Prop 13 was passed in 1976 is that wealthy districts that can tax themselves more have more money for their schools. So you go to places like Beverly Hills or Santa Monica, they don't have these concerns with large class sizes that you have in Los Angeles. But in poorer uh, jurisdictions, uh, it's a huge challenge. And, you know, even though Jerry Brown put more money into education when he was governor, it, it's just barely at pre-recession levels from 2008. So we have a long way to go to, um, to begin to adequately fund education in California. And I want to talk some more about charter schools and the billionaires who support them. It's been a huge issue in school politics in L.A. for a while now. Right. Well, so Eli Broad has been a major um, benefactor of pro-charter candidate, but so was Richard Reardon, the former mayor of uh, Los Angeles, put a million dollars behind the uh, election of Nick Melvoin and defeated Steve Zimmer, the former board president. So the wealthy have been backing uh, reform but through charter uh, for a while. You know, what's crazy about it is... Many of the charter schools in in Los Angeles now are under-enrolled. They don't have enough students. That's true for many school district uh, schools as well, um, because L.A. has become a, a city that's too expensive for families to live in. So the, the, the ways in which um, the wealthy, uh, these wealthy individuals like Eli Broad, Broad have uh, become involved in the school system and its politics has, I think, become yet another factor that teachers are trying to push back against. And tell us about the union, UTLA, United Teachers Los Angeles. The vote in favor of a strike was was 98 percent. It was really astounding. Absolutely. The teachers are angry. They're, um, they're, they're fed up. And uh, a strike is a high-stakes strategy on their part because you don't know how long teachers can stay out. They're not getting paid. And you don't know how long parents will support it. But um, in some ways, the way I look at it is uh, at, at a certain point, Teachers are just fed up with the conditions and have to say the, the conditions in our schools are unacceptable and we're not going to work under these conditions. And I'll just give you one example. A high school I work with in South Los Angeles, Hawkins High School, has there's a classroom for these are recently arrived immigrant students, uh, many of whom don't speak um, uh, a word of English and are illiterate in their native language, most of which is Spanish, being uh, in a classroom with 40 kids and a, and a, a new, inexperienced teacher. Uh, we're 
fooling ourselves if we think these kids have any chance of getting education under those circumstances. And that is replicated in schools throughout the country, uh, throughout the city. And and this is what I think is fueling a lot of the anger uh, among teachers. And how many of the uh, students are from families with incomes below the poverty line? Oh, about 80% of the children uh, come from families with uh, incomes below the poverty line. 80%. 80%. And, you know, most of those kids are Latino and African-American. So you're talking about a, a district that is serving very disadvantaged kids. Uh, the equity issues are primary. Now, um, a lot of the um, affluent people who are whiter um, in, in Los Angeles um, are, don't have kids in the public schools. And therefore, this strike doesn't impact them. And, um, and and the politics don't impact them, and uh, even though they get to vote in the election. So it's, it's interesting to watch how this plays out. It's impacting some communities much, much more than others. And let's talk a little bit about Austin Butner, the head of the school system, the man who can settle this strike. What's his background in education? He has no background in education. He's a former investment banker, uh, former um, publisher of the L.A. Times, and and that's I think one of the issues for the, the the union. They see him as a real threat. It's not necessarily clear what he wants to do, what he will do, um, but it is clear that um, he's you know was backed by Eli Broad and the others, and it's seen as a part of this takeover strategy of the school district. And L.A. as you said has a mayor Eric Garcetti. There's talk that he wants to be president. The first day of the strike, he said, quote, I'm immensely proud of Los Angeles's teachers today for standing up for what I believe is a righteous cause. He said, lower class size, that's a righteous cause. He said, I believe that support staff to keep our children healthy, to keep them counseled well for their college and their careers, that's a righteous cause. It sounds like uh, he's supporting the union in this. He is, and that's uh, pissed off uh, some people. And and I have to say, um, because now today he's, he's you know he and Newsom are calling for uh, you know a return to negotiations between the two sides. You know, Garcetti uh, has relied on the teachers' union for election and uh, for his own election in here as mayor of L.A. And he apparently has presidential aspirations, and so having support from unions is going to be very important in that. But Garcetti does know this, uh, that the district is um, is in trouble financially. And I would say that he, he's got to do more than simply say, I support the teachers. He's got to be involved in helping to fix the system. And um, I haven't seen that kind of leadership from him. So how will this end? How can it end? <laughs> That's the million-dollar question. You know, who's going to give in? You know, if the district doesn't have the money, at, at some point, unless the governor steps in and says, look, we'll help out with these pension costs because teacher pensions are a big part of the reason uh, why the district is running its deficit, they're going to they're gonna need help from elsewhere to, to bring this to an end. And I imagine that the new governor uh, doesn't want this to become uh, a bigger source of controversy so early in his, in his governorship. So I would look to, to Newsom to, be the, uh, to play a role in bringing this to an end. Pedro Noguera, he wrote about the L.A. teacher strike for thenation.com. Thank you, Pedro. Thank you. It's great being with you. You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com 
And you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.